Anime Pulse, episode 493. <laughs> Hi, I'm Red. And I'm Rio. Welcome back to another episode of Anime Pulse. Yep, we are here once again to bring you all sorts of anime goodness. Yeah, and uh, let's, uh, I guess, go right into things then with some IRL news. Yeah, so uh, big news for me, I got a job. Hey, congratulations Yay. on Manitoba's Imos and all that other jazz. <laughs> yeah, so I got a job working at um, Bath and Body Works at the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. Bath and Body Works, that's the one with like that smells like deadly perfume when you walk past it? Uh, that's like Hollister. Or... No, 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 no. Hollister smells like teenage angst. Um, Bath and Body Works smells like your mother's rose garden plus your grandma's perfume box. Yeah, a little bit. You kind of get numb to it after a little while. Yeah, not for me. I, I got used to, like, Yankee Candle, which was, you know, it's a subtle kind of punch in the face. It's like a slap instead of like a full on like walk into Bath and Body Works and it's like the reception. It's like, hold on, let me get my brass knuckles on. All right. Like, oh, 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 my nose. How's that lavender taste, buddy? Yeah. So um, we also have a white barn connected to it. So we sell a lot of candles. A white barn? Yes, that's another store. It's associated with Bath and Body Works. Hmm. I didn't know that until I started working here, so... <laughs> a white barn. As opposed to a red barn? Yes. Okay. So, I started working there last... Yeah, this, this past week. Um... I literally, uh, so on last Sunday, after we finished the show, I filled out the application and a few hours later I got a phone call. Well, now that's what I'm, now that's what I say is uh, expedient hiring. 
Yeah, and we did a phone interview right there and then, and I got the job. Hmm. So it was probably the fastest hiring process I've ever experienced, but they're really desperate for workers, so. Yeah, especially with the uh, winter season coming up. Yeah. Yeah, We had a a really lovely um, event yesterday that was, um, if you buy any signature collection item, then you get like a free body mist spray. And we had to wrap each mist bottle uh-huh. individually okay. with, like, a little bow. So I'm guessing that took, like, ten years. Yeah, that took, like, ten years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was closing, so I didn't get home last night until midnight. Ah, uh, that's nothing. No, but, uh, but it was yeah, tiring. For you, it was probably tiring. Like, super tiring. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially when, like, you have to deal with people all day long. Woo! Yeah. Oh, boy. I remember customers. So, tomorrow I'm working at eight, from 8 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon. That's not so bad. No, not too bad. I still have part of the day left after it. Yeah. It's not, that's not even a full shift. No, it's seven hours. Yeah, it's like they just don't want to give you the full-time shift, so they give you like the hour-less thing. I remember Home Depot tried to do that with me. I was like, no, no, I'm part-time, bitch. You hired me part-time. I'm not going to work seven hours. That's like saying like, yeah, you're part-time, but you work seven hours. It's, you know, it's it's still part-time. No, it's not. Part-time's five. That's how much I'll work. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why I didn't work out there for too long, because they caved to all my needs. I was like, I don't want lunch. And they're like, but you have to take lunch. But I don't eat lunch. And they couldn't even wrap their heads around like, wait, you don't eat lunch. It does not compute, does not compute. And uh, eventually they were like, all right, you don't have to eat a lunch, but you have to take a break. I was like, fine. I just wanted to work right through it, but whatever. I'll sit at the desk for 10 minutes. And uh, they also gave me the the hour thing. I was like, no, I'm not working holidays. No, I'm not working the early mornings. I'm not coming to your dumb meetings. You hired me part-time. I'm going to do that. And so I did all that. And uh, eventually people were like, why is he being treated so well? And he gets paid higher than us. And it's like, well, that's because I was hired after the pay raise. You weren't. And because um, I'm demanding. And I usually get what I want because I make people see it my way. And you guys are all just, you know, namby-pambies who are sticks in the mud, who so don't really care about moving forward. You're going to be stuck at this dead-end job for the next 10 years until you eventually you retire with no money because this job doesn't pay enough to save up. And so they were like, well, get rid of them. And so I was out of there. And then I got the state job, and I laughed in all their faces until eventually I was let go of there as well because my new supervisor didn't like me. You seem to have a problem with authority. I have a problem with some authority. Like, when I got hired for the state, my supervisor was great. She was the best, and then she retired. And then I had this new supervisor who hated me because I was a teacher's pet. I got along with the other supervisor so well, even though I was so new. And she had been there for years, and and she hated the other supervisor. And the other supervisor hated her. And so when my supervisor retired, and I got stuck with this, for lack of a better word, bitch 
that uh, I was immediately like, yeah, this is going to be a problem, isn't it? And she just would not see my things my way, and I could not see things her way because she was an idiot, and I was right. And, uh, well, eventually things didn't last, and now the EEOC is investigating them because they fired me for bad reasons. Well, hopefully uh, that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you see, the, the weird thing is that I looked at my schedule, and on Sunday it said Max. <laughs> and I had no idea what the fuck that meant. It means you'll be walking the dog named Max. Yes. <laughs> so I took it to mean that I was maxed out for hours for the for the week. Or maybe and you're going to be working the maximum amount of hours you can that day. I really hope that's not the case, because uh, I didn't go to work today. Well, I mean, if you didn't get a call like 10 minutes into your um, when you were supposed to work, then that probably meant that was it. I yeah, mean, that probably. probably meant that they weren't bothered with like you not showing up. Yeah. Which usually means that you weren't supposed to show up. So good for you. Yay. They're not open very late on Sundays anyways. The mall closes at 6. Um, so, in other news, I finished uh, that story uh, about the two people spying on each other. Oh, uh, yeah. So, did, uh, did he live or did he die? He lived only because of lack of, only because of time constraints. In the actual, like, complete story, he dies. So canonically, he's supposed to die. Yes. in the good ending, he lives. Yes, in the good ending, if you can call it a good ending, he lives. Yeah, it basically ended with him opening up his flash drive because his flash drive had gotten gotten missing. And uh, he always wears it around his neck, but he took it off because some idiot spilled coffee on him. And uh, it got it had gone missing, and of course she uh, was the one who took it, and like saw all these pictures of her on it, and she's just like, "Oh my god, this is so exciting!" And so he goes to check and make sure everything is okay on his flash drive, and there's a new picture there, and it's a picture of her in her bra and underwear, holding up a sign that says, "Are you watching me?" Dun dun dun. <laughs> and then he was like, "Nope, done." <laughs> Yep, like instant boner killer for some reason. Really? For me, it would have been like, boing! (laughs) Like, yes, I am watching you. Except I wouldn't be watching her because it would be completely unlike me to spy on people. I mean, I am kind of a voyeur, but like, I'm so lacking. It's just like, I could spy on her, but, uh, nah. 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 Um, yeah, so pretty much my whole week has been working, working, working. Oh, glad to know one of us got a job. Yep. You still applying to places? Still applying, still have to apply. Uh, My unemployment requires me, I have to apply to at least three jobs a week, which is easy. Um, There's plenty of jobs to apply for during the week. I usually, um, right now, I've gone through my first four weeks which they pull you back in 
and I applied to 34 jobs within four weeks, and that was Monday through Friday applying every single day. Mm-hmm. Now, some days, obviously, there were no new jobs. Um, some days there were new jobs, but they just didn't apply to me. Some days they had jobs that were part-time and didn't fit in with my schedule because of some qualification. Um, mm-hmm. But I've applied to a lot of jobs and heard nothing back. I mean, I've actually heard back from the state, but all they ever ask for is my social security number because they'll do this thing where they'll put it into the system and they check to see if you're still eligible to, for reinstatement, which basically means if you are let go or fired or quit a state job, you can be reinstated with another state job without like losing any time. Um but that's not the case <clears throat> because I'm not on any list. I was hired just as like a civilian, which boggles the minds of any in- state industry uh, or state uh, authority that looks at my uh, my uh, records. They're like, how did you get hired? And I explained to them, my my previous supervisor had a lot of influence and a lot of power and a lot of sway. And she basically said, I want to hire this guy. You'll hire him and I'll take someone else. And so they hired me. And so I got in. My 55 BC was not used. I was not on any list. They just liked what she just liked what I saw or what she saw. And so that's why we got along so great, I think, is because she really did like me as a person and like being an employee. And I was a really hard worker for her. And my work ethics really didn't change too much when she left, but I wasn't liked by the other woman who thought, because she was really um, uh, fat, overweight, um, obese, a smoker, and very self-conscious. So, like, she thought people hated her no matter where she looked. She thought they were always judging her, which, you know, isn't to say they weren't because, I mean, she's an obese smoker who would cough like 90% of the day and not like a normal, like, <laughs> like she's trying to cough up her lung kind of cough. Oh, and man. It's like, it's like, what is wrong with you? Don't you understand? Smoking is bad for you. And also your weight's not helping it. But she didn't care. And I was like, well, that's fine for you. But, you know, don't take it out on me because you think I'm judging you. That's just part of my personality. I'm an INTJ. I can't get rid of the J. All right, so what happened in your week? My week, uh, I saw Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. It was the kind of movie you see once and you say, that was a good movie. I'm never going to see it again. Like, if hmm. I ever was, like, in an in-flight movie or if it was on a train movie, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good, and I'd just turn it off and play on my DS or something. Yeah. It's... A very like you know a very timely piece of history. It's World War Two, Battle of Okinawa, Japanese versus the Americans, and mm-hmm. it's just really really bloody and brutal. I mean, fifty percent of the movie focuses on the character and his relationship with this nurse and his relationship with his father and going through training and like dealing with the almost court-martial that he goes through because he refused to touch a gun. And then the other 50% is him actually in Okinawa trying to take uh, Hacksaw Ridge 
and uh, basically saving lives one after the other after the other. And then uh, it gets really emotional at one point. In fact, I went to the movie and there was this girl who sat like two seats away from me with her boyfriend or something. And she brought like a blanket and whatnot. And I thought that was kind of funny. But um, like the first time I ever had to deal with this, she started sobbing during the movie. Like the later half of the movie, she just like was bawling and crying. And like it was like the, the kind of sad sobbing that you're trying to stifle because you don't want to bother other people. But it was just like... <laughs> it was just like... <laughs> That's so sad! Come on! Uh, You're a jerk! <laughs> it was amusing! It was... I've never had a deal with that before. I was like, oh my god! She's... I mean, I was... I shed a tear. I was like, you know, this is pretty sad. Especially, like, after um, the movie's actually over, they actually have interviews with the guy who was still alive when they made the movie and um, interviews with other people from his battalion, including his captain and some people and the guy who was actually going to court-martial him for disobeying a direct order. And it, you know, it's very moving. But at the same time, like I got out of there, I was like, well, good movie. I'd give it like, seven and a half stars out of ten um maybe an eight probably an eight out of ten but i'd never see it again it's just one of those ones that's like one and done Hmm. it's not the kind of movie that you go back to see again and again and again uh let's see here on that day also i bought pokemon sun oh yay yep so I'm assuming you still chose the water starter. Oh yeah, I got my 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 little mermaid. <laughs> uh, it took me fucking twenty tries to get a female. <clears throat> I did not want a merman. Um, even if it was like a trap, because when it reaches the mermaid stage and it's like you're male though. Yes, but I'm fabulous. Oh my god. So I got my mermaid. I even got my second uh, Pokemon now, which took me till Route 5 to get because um, the first island only had the starter Pokemon, and that was it. There was, like, nothing else I wanted. Uh, Route 5 is on the second island you go to, and it has the two Pokemon I'm going to get, Fomantis and the uh, uh, Bone Sweet. Okay. Bone Sweet eventually, eventually evolves into this, like, boot wearing flower and it only evolves into its final form if it knows stomp <laughs> and it looks like it's wearing like devil wears prada heels oh my god i know and um the faux mantis i got it's flower not actually a bug type i wish it was a bug type but it's flower type um i plan to get this like black lizard thing which is like fire poison type Mm-hmm. Um, and it only evolves into its second form as this female. So I was like, and its second form is kind of like, I'm oddly attracted to that form. Please don't fuck the Pokemon. <laughs> hey, they got the Ultra Beasts in this one, which are basically like, like I wanted to make it, like Pokemon that are human made and organic. And the Pokemon here are so close to us, they can like, fuse with human biology so it's like 
So, anyone? That's, uh, that's really the first thing you think of. Can I fuck it? Well, I mean, yeah, kind of. When it comes oh, to Pokemon, <laughs> when it comes to Pokemon, I'll either be like, "Oh, it's adorable," or like, "Oh, that's really cool looking," or it's like, "Yeah, I'd fuck it." It's, you know, no. Gardevoir no. started me down that track. I was like, "Oh my god." It's a MILF Pokemon. And especially when it does its mega evolution. It's like wearing this bleak flowy dress. And it's like, I'm going to pick that dress up and just, yeah, just ram it in there. <clears throat> um, classy. Yeah, I know. Classy. <laughs> but no, there's a, a female in this one that is like absolutely adorable. Um, I believe her name is Lily. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the Ultra Beasts later on is actually based off her, but... Um, she has like this big white sundress with like white boots and a big giant sun hat. Mm-hmm. And it's all white. And she's super adorable. It's always about like, oh, I don't like see Pokemon battle each other and stuff. And it's, I just like, I really wish, I want a more mature Pokemon series. Something that it's like you can form a relationship with the like one of the females that you come across or something like that. I just want that in the Pokemon. It doesn't even need to be, you know, like, like mature, like, you know, like, ah, oh, you fucked at the Poka Hotel or something like that. No, <laughs> you, I just want like maybe, you know, even something sweet, like you're holding hands or like, like, uh, like, like you compliment her dress or something like that. You know, just something, something romantic. Give me romance. Okay. I want some romance in this damn Pokemon series. So you want a Pokemon RPG? Kind of. I mean, they've made a few of them. Uh, Humberto, who was a guy I was following for a while, was trying to make one, but he kind of fell through the water and moved on with his life. So I just, I really want something like that. And they kind of did it with X and Y um, because they talked like in X and Y, they had trainers that would talk about like their cheating uh, husbands and the wives that left them and like the, the, menage toise they had and uh, like the ghost girl that you run into after you exit the elevator um the hex maniac ghost she is actually a part of this like big story where basically she was in love with this other dude and she went to go meet him and he had like a wife and so he was cheating on his wife with her and like eventually she went there to go meet him and she died and it was pretty mature and i liked it it was a little bit a little bit more mature, especially with like your. It was almost like it was quasi romance with the the girl, uh, the bubbly um, brunette that you had in X and Y. I can't remember her name, but she was like right there to being like just a little bit romance because you have this like one scene where you're both watching the fireworks and and she's like, I'm never going to forget this moment ever, and. And she's like, it's because I'm here with you. And the butler kite comes up and he gives you like, here, I think you'll need this TM. And the TM's called Protect. And it's like, clever, clever. I see what you did there. You want to protect her. Aw, adorable. That is pretty cute. Yeah. There is one feature about this new Pokemon. Well, there's a few features I don't really like. Like, the Pokedex talks to you now because it has a Rotom in it. Which is okay. this electric Pokemon now habits and it's like like hey partner, how's it going? Like, oh we should go here, blah blah blah. Let's I'm I'm a funny witty Pokemon. Shut up. Shut up. 
get out of my Pokedex, you fucking Pokemon. I don't want you in there. It's like, there's a lot of Pokemon you also don't necessarily own, but they just give you. Like, I can call upon a Tauros at any time I want and just ride its back. That may seem cool. I don't own a Tauros, though. I don't want a Tauros. If I wanted to do that, I'd go to a certain section and do it. But now they're like, no, you can call it any time you want. It's like riding a bike. Uh, how about you just give me the bike? That's the standard. Or maybe my skate shoes. Like, no, no, you can't do that. It's an island. You not know what a mountain bike is, Niantic? No. <laughs> um, then there's also this other thing where Pokemon can call for help now. So, like, they'll get more and more Pokemon will show up. And it can be really sad, though, because I ran into, like, this Pokemon called Lil Pup. It's like little puppy Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And it uh, tried to call for help. And it was out in the wild. And, like, the camera will pan up and it'll do dot, 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 dot. And it'll pan back down. The, the help will be there. But, like, it panned up and then it panned back down and it said, but no help came. And so it's like this tiny little puppy Pokemon versus my mermaid Pokemon, who I almost have at the max level already, even though I'm on the second island. Or not max level, but max evolution. Um, because I've been using her and almost only her because, like I said, the first island had no other Pokemon for me. Uh, in fact, I really just wanted to do this Pokemon with only the new Pokemon. So I've mm-hmm. got, I've got my mermaid. I've got a Mantis girl Pokemon. I've got the, I'm going to step on you with my boots Pokemon. Um, or I'm going to have her. Then there's the lizard Pokemon, which is oddly erotic and then it's the legendary pokemon the fire cat because i have pokemon sun i should have got fucking moon but i went with sun because my friend was getting moon and so i'll get sun but i should have gone with moon because one of the ultra beasts the really hot ultra beasts like the the pheromona or whatever her name is she's like this is erotic bug looking pokemon who looks kind of like the uh, lily's mother Mm-hmm. The, the Ultra Beasts are all based off of, like, characters you actually meet in the uh, in this new one. But instead, you have this, like, muscly, muscle-head, bug, gross thing in Sun that I will have nothing to do with. I will just be like, you faint now and go away and never talk to me again. But uh, the last Pokemon slot I'm saving for one of the Ultra Beasts, which looks like Lily... Um, it's like a jellyfish kind of Pokemon that looks kind of like her because it's all white and has this white uh, brimmed hat it wears, which mm-hmm. is like the jelly cap. So that will be my team. I only ever pick up Pokemon that I want. That's always been the way I played Pokemon because I never really see the necessity to catch them all because, well, if they're just going to sit around in the PC, that kind of seems a little sad. And so I only ever catch Pokemon I'm going to use, which it makes it harder for me because you'll be in places that you should have like five Pokemon for and you'll have two. And it's like, oh, I'm fighting level 50 Pokemon with Pokemon that are of, you know, total weakness to its attacks. And I haven't really been grinding. And so then you got to go and grind because that's how you have to make it through places. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, not much else has happened. It snowed here uh, last night. Uh, ice rained, sorry. It actually had ice rain with thunder, which was weird. I first thought it was the mouse on my wall, so I was going to go bonkers against the wall. 
but uh, eventually it, sh- it was just the ice ring because I was like, oh, what's that noise? It's like, oh, it's coming from the window. You know, I'd be more happy with like gangbangers rolling up and shooting up our house than the mouse in the wall because I would just wake up and be like, you know, hear like, gah, 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 and be like, oh, gangbangers are shooting up our house. Whew, I can go back to sleep. It's not the mouse. That's how I feel. That fucking mouse drives me bonkers. Lose my damn mind someday. I'm gonna buy a nail gun and I'm just gonna wait. And when I hear it go through the wall, just shoot all the nails to the wall, all of them. Eventually, I'll hit it. Have you tried putting traps up in the? Oh, we've uh... tried everything: traps, sticky glue traps. We've tried poisons. We've tried smelling uh, like oils and whatnot. We've tried the supersonic or subsonic, um, like uh, pests, you know, get rid of hers, stuff like that. Nothing works. And I mean, I went as far as to knock a hole in the wall and pour the shit in that's supposed to make the mouse like, ah, oh, fuck, this is too strong. I can't smit- I can't stand it being here. It smells terrible. It, it smelled really good, those peppermint oil and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Apparently mice can't stand it. And so it was supposed to work. Didn't work at all. So, yeah. The only thing that seems to really kind of work is like buying a fuck ton of the expanding foam and just filling every crack in the house up. Just like, oh, there's a crack. And there's a crack. And there's a crack. Because our our walls are old and they only have slats which are the old really old form of insulation or just mm-hmm. these like wood slats and the mouse crawls through those so yeah there's nothing we can really do about getting rid of it because we can't really fill the walls up with with uh insulation because it's not like these walls aren't um drywall they're plaster of Paris. So oh, if I wow. wanted to, I could put my fucking fist through one of these walls if I punched hard enough. You do that with drywall, you're going to break your fist. You do that with like with this wall, and you're going to break the wall. <laughs> well, try not to put a hole in your wall. I've come very close a few times. If you see the wall right next to my chair, you can see like big cracks that have run along across it because... At points in time, in fact, you can even feel like fist marks on it. I'm looking at it right now because I've just, because it used to crawl through this wall. I stopped that though. It doesn't crawl through this wall anymore because I went on the other side of the wall, which is a closet, and I drilled about 180 screws into the wall. It can't get through that anymore. Like these really long, dangerous, sharp spikes of screws. I was just like, doo, 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 doo. And then I stood back and I was like, yeah, it looks good. <laughs> Eventually, my father found it and was just like, what the fuck did you do to the wall? I was like, it's in the yeah. closet. You don't really need to worry about it. It's like, whatever. Well, I hope your father doesn't plan on selling the house anytime soon. <laughs> no, no, we'd like to. I mean, if we won the lottery, we'd be moving. There'd be no doubt about it. We'd move away. We'd get the house fixed up, roof repaired. Get a real driveway put in. Um, is it like, a dirt road? It's a dirt driveway, yeah. Um, the roads actually pave, but the driveway itself is not. 
and it's like it's such an angle so when it like ices over during winter it's like you have to like get to the bottom of the road go to the other side of the road wait for all the cars to pass and then floor it to get up that road or to get up the driveway because it'll just be like a lake of ice that you have to drive up it's pretty amusing actually um especially now that i own a front wheel drive car and not my all-wheel drive car so i'm gonna have to uh put my snow tires on and just hope that I can get up it. Otherwise, my electric car will not reach the plug. That will be a problem. That will be a problem, yes. Not that I will really be doing too much, um, like, going, like, long distances in the car. Probably just be driving up to the uh, gym where I plan to start working out once it starts really snowing because... I don't walk in real snow anymore. I'm done with that. That's probably a smart thing to do, considering one of my uh, good friends, he uh, passed out in a blizzard uh, in a ditch and got severe amnesia from it. Hmm. I don't think that would ever happen here. I mean, I've walked in negative 10 degree weather during like snowstorms up to subway which is a three and a half mile walk up and down um coming home and it never caused me to faint or pass out or anything like that it's just cold it's miserable it's like you're shivering the entire way up and it's just i don't want to be out here i don't want to be outside and i don't like wearing pants so i'm probably going to wear shorts so i decided Let's not do that. Let's instead go to a gym where I'll work out there for a couple hours and then I'll go to Subway and eat. Yeah. I think that does it for me, though. So, all right. So, yes, industry news or kind of industry news. Yes. uh, Or. Not really industry news, so we're going to do something for you real quick because you wanted to talk about something that's news-related but not really industry news. Yes. This is most definitely newsworthy, but I don't have an article for it, unfortunately. Um, I found a, like episode review, but I'm just like, I'm not going to post an episode review on our site. <laughs> that would be really dumb. Um, so Yuri on Ice, that, uh, anime that I previewed a little while back. I mean, Yaoi on Ice? Oh, here's what we're here to talk about, is that (laughs) it's not a Yaoi. Yeah, I know, it just, it makes more sense to call it a Yaoi on Ice, because there are no girls in it, so you really don't call it Yuri. I mean, I know the guy's name is Yuri, but it's really dumb when you name him Yuri, and, like, the connotation between, behind Yuri is female love and... You get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Okay. So, this is quite spoilery, so if you're watching Yuri on Ice and you're not caught up yet, then I would suggest just plugging your ears for a few minutes. So, Yuri on Ice was marketed as a sports anime. It was not marketed as BL, it was not marketed as Yaoi. In fact, even when you go under the tags, those those even are those like those tags aren't there. Okay. And that for is a very important very very important 
the fact that the two main characters, Victor and Yuri, just shared their first kiss in the most recent episode. So it is a sports anime with a canon gay couple. Okay, so it should be boys' love, should it not? No, because boys' love usually focuses on fetishizing, like making a fetish out of the fact that two boys are kissing. This is not that. I mean, it's still pretty boys who are kissing. I mean, you can't deny that one of them is like a super pretty boy. The other one, okay, he's not that pretty boy, but the one, one of them's still pretty boy, and that in a lot of like uh, Fujoshi kind of stuff, it's like one of them's kind of the pretty boy, and the other one's kind of like the "I'll take you by the hand and lead you into the wonderful world of homoerotic." Yes, but the point is, is that you should try to think about this because the fact that it's not being marketed as a boys love anime is really important and a huge step for acceptance of stuff that's that's like gay over in Japan. Like this is being aired as a sports anime and nothing else. As it's long not as, as long as it focused like solely on the sports, I'd be okay with that. But if they tried to, like, also make this plot of, like, the romance between uh, Yuri and, uh, what's the dude's name? Victor. Yuri and Victor is, like, even if it was, like, a third plot, I would still want something, like, a label or something just says, like, you know, you know it's, got, uh, it's got a plot of, like, romance in it that some people may be a little little not okay with i mean i'll be fine with it but some people will not and then those people will raise up in arms and then this kind of thing will hit a shit show and people will be like oh fuck we we overstepped our bounds we're sorry we'll remove it we'll put a label on it homoerotic there you go but it's not homoerotic i know i'm just saying like they'll put a label on it once people start complaining because there will be people out there who will complain and be like, this is supposed to be sports anime, but now you're telling me it's two guys kissing? You don't know. That's not right. It's BL. Or it's, uh, it's Yahweh. Do something about that. And it yeah, but you see, the whole, po- the whole point is that it's trying to break past that. It's trying to make, like, because you don't, like, it, sh- it should just be a sports anime with romance. It shouldn't have to be labeled BL. I mean, I think of it in the same sense that, uh, how would I put this? Like, I look at anime in the same way I look at hentai. When I go in through hentai and I see like two guys on the front cover, I'm like, all right, that's Yahweh. I open it up, I see Yahweh or I see uh, show or, you know, Shonen in there or something like that or some other tag that represents Two guys in love. It's the same thing that there were two girls on the cover. It'd be Yuri. But, uh, um, even in, like, the non-H stuff that I come across, or, like, the, just the doujins, where it's just, you know, cutesy kind of stuff, and it's girls being in cutesy love, holding hands, and maybe making kissy faces at each other. Uh... So that's how I view anime. I like seeing labels and tags. Not necessarily because I'm biased. Just because I like categories. And I know categories can make people feel like, oh, you're separating us. Well, I mean, categories help. It's diverse. 
No, I, I, I mean, I agree that labels are important, but I just think that this is a really big step in the right direction for Japan. As, like, not making two guys in a relationship, a healthy relationship at that, like, hypersexualized or a fetish. Mm. Uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm pretty sure I'm betting you that by the end of the series, um, or by the end of the anime at least, that will have one of those tags because, um, especially Japan, there will be people who are like, no, no, that's not okay. Fix it. And if they get enough uh, people behind them who are all saying that, the uh, publishers or producers who or the licensors behind it will be like, yeah, yeah we'll, okay, we'll fix it. We're sorry. Well, I sure hope not. Anyways, what's your uh, first piece of news there, Red? Mm. Uh, my first piece of news here is actually about the uh, top anime the anime originals that are being requested by fans to have sequels okay now the anime anime or <clears throat> anime anime website conducted a poll from october the 27th to october the 31st asking fans which anime sequels they really wanted to see the poll is actually divided into two categories anime inspired by original work like manga and light novels an anime that is original, not based on any other work. Okay. Now, a total of 13,938 people took part in the poll. So, for the, uh, for the anime original categories, however, they had, of the top 10, coming at number 10, Darker Than Black. Yeah! At number 9, Macross. Number eight, Deno Koi or Coil. Deno Coil. Okay. And number seven, Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt. Not a surprise there. At number six, uh, Kabanri of the Iron Fortress. Okay. At number five, Shirobako. Mm hmm. At number four, Code Geese. At number three, Mononoke. At number two, Psychopass. And topping the pole, number one, Tiger and Bunny. Yeah, okay, that one's not too surprising. <laughs> I mean, I never saw Tiger and Bunny because I had zero interest in it. But um, I found it interesting that uh, of all the anime originals, that only a couple of them I know of, like Code Geese, the people who want the a sequel to it they demand um their part of their polls were basically saying like we want a sequel with lelouch we don't want um we don't want some new dumb like side characters with the geese powers we want lelouch back and we want cc and we want those characters basically saying like we don't want to believe the ending was lelouch died which they may be getting their um wishes because uh during a recent uh, invitation sent out for a special Code Geese uh, party. 
there was actually uh, code in the invitation, but basically talked about the return of the demon, which, as many people may know, Lelouch was often referred to as the demon. Excellent. Yes, so there may be a new Code Geass coming where Lelouch makes his return. So we may see all our favorites come back, except for the ones who died, like um, Lelouch's uh, childhood friend. I forget what her name was. But yeah, so Lelouch may be coming back, and that'd be great if Lelouch came back, because I think a lot of characters at the end of the first um, series understood that Lelouch died so that they could all live in peace. So I would really like to see what would happen if he showed back up. Would the world just be like, what, fuck him, kill him? Or would like people be like, wait, 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 don't kill him. Or like, why does he show up? Like maybe there's like some other struggle in the world. And so like he comes back again because he can't play Zero. Because no. Zero is played now by, um, by his friend that he made play Zero for the rest of his life and devote his life to Nunnally. But, um, but so Zero couldn't be Lelouch's new identity. Lelouch would have to show up again as Lelouch, the demon. Yeah. Well, that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested in seeing that. Of all the ones here, uh, Code Geese catches my attention. Pantene stocking with garter belt, that'd be interesting. I mean, uh, I've never actually seen the series. Um, and Darker Than Black, maybe, too. Because Darker Dark- Than Black was a fucking good anime. It did have its sequel, uh, which wasn't as good as the first one. Um... I didn't really care for the fact they turned him kind of like into an old grizzled man. And he was like, I'm all done with that. And, uh, or an older man, not old and grizzled, but, you know, basically like, I'm a drinker and I don't do that stuff anymore. I don't fight. And instead he had a little girl and a emotionless doll of a boy fight. So good for that. Yeah, we want a uh, sequel to Darker Than Black where Hey is still amazing. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, my uh, second slash first piece of news, and uh, holy crap, can we pause? Yeah, why, what's up? My dad's calling me. That was a, uh, that was a minor break that uh, for people who are who are uh, enjoying this on the iTunes, uh, we will have no break at all. They will just be like, huh, why are they now talking about something completely off topic? Get back to what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Uh, I was talking about my next piece of news. All right, go ahead. So Ichigo and TC were right all along. Hayao Miyazaki will never stay retired. Of course not. You can't walk away from money. No, well, I don't think that's the case. I don't think he's worried about money. I think that he's just a, a Japanese man obsessed with work. <laughs> I just, I don't see that. Probably because I'm American. It just like, if I ever do move to Japan, it's going to be so amazing to see what the worth e- work ethic is like over there. Yes, so... um Uh, After retiring from directing and creating uh, 
films three years ago. He's been working on a uh, piece called Borrow the Caterpillar, a planned uh, CG short for the Ghibli Museum. However, he's decided that the short isn't going to properly tell the story, and so he wants to make it into a feature-length film. Of course he does. Yes. Um, the 12-minute short, uh, will still not be completed for another year and will be screened exclusively in the Ghibli Museum, so I guess if you want to see the short version of whatever this, uh, is, then you're gonna have to go to the museum in, uh, Tokyo. But he's been planning this story for almost 20 years. Okay. And... Um, that's a that's a while. He's, yeah, he's uh, hoping <clears throat> that the film could be done by ni- uh, not nineteen, um, twenty nineteen, before the twenty twenty Olympics. Hey, with any luck, if I am, um, with any luck, I'll actually be in Japan by twenty twenty. Hey, yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, that's assuming I make it into Albany, I do really well, I get into JET, I get my tenure into JET, I stay in Japan, and uh, teach. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I could meet up with Ichigo. Yeah, you could. Although Ichigo would be like, oh, they're following me, they're following me, I thought I got away from them, they're coming back. (laughs) We still need to talk to Ichigo, though. Yeah, still need to email him and find out if he'd be willing to, like, say a little ditty or something during the uh, show. Or, you know, even if he would just, like, record his own little thing and just, like, tell us what's going on, I can incorporate it into the show itself. So, like, it would just be like, and now, a uh, little, as our last piece of news, we'll leave off with uh, a little uh, ditty from Ichigo. And it will just, like, cut to that. Or hopefully, best case scenario, he joins us for an episode. Yeah. Best case scenario, Ichigo is here for a three-way. <clears throat> or a, uh, um, for a group session. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. And uh, worst case scenario, he just sends us something. Yep. Or worst case scenario, he can't do it. Yeah. I mean, that's a middle case scenario. He can send us something. I mean, poor TC can't even manage to get that. Yeah, I don't blame him. He's still pretty sick. Oh, yeah. So sick. I mean, if the guy can't understand what people are saying because he's that sick, I guess, you know, he's in a bad way. Yeah, I just hope he lives through this. I we all do. I don't think there's anyone out there that's secretly hoping that TC dies. Yes, die TC. That would be awful. All right, so I guess that or that brings us. Oh no, your last piece of news. Yes, my last piece of news. So there was actually a video that was put out recently um, by the YouTube channel. Uh, Tokyosaurus, which basically broke down uh, who makes the most in the animation industry or the anime industry. And according Mm -hmm. to the list, animators are pretty much the 
uh, bottom of the ladder. With overseas animators, specifically those in the Philippines, making the least amount of money annually, just under $9,000 at $8,500. That's annually, a year. Oh, geez. Japanese animators are actually not making that much more, at only $10,000 a year. Now, of course, this is U.S. denomination, not yen. Um, People who do work part-time in the industry managed to scrounge together about $20,000 a year. Uh, This is probably likely due to their ability to pick up extra work along the way. So, like, they work for a bunch of different um, animations or, you know, a bunch of different series that are going on instead of being focused on one anime. Uh, And ranging from the $21,000 to $24,000 a year are the production assistants, graphic designers and episode directors are the next highest and the a serious director can make about $47,000 a year while an executive producer who is often in charge of the overall vision of a show can make in about $71,000 a year however holding at the top rank the number one making spot in the anime industry are the voice actors, specifically the top-ranked voice actors who make $6,666 a year. Nice. Yeah. They make the devil's amount. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are uh, some other breakdowns, speci- you know, more specifics about who makes what and how much and where. But uh, basically, bottom of the ladder, you got your animators. Top of the ladder, you got your voice actors. And the difference between, like, your everyday voice actor versus, like, top-tier voice actor, it's pretty big. It's a pretty steep rise. So the, the number one spot and the number two spot are actually leagues apart still. Okay. Yep. So that is it for news. All right. So that brings us to our reviews. And I'm going first this week with Pan de Peace or Peace Through Bread. Am I going to get hungry from this? No. Okay. Not at all. It certainly didn't make me hungry. The only thing it made me was bored. Really Uh. bored. Yes, yeah, so another short show because I have no time on my hands. The episodes range from three to four minutes. The opening isn't very special. And let's introduce our characters. So we have Dits, Glasses, mm-hmm. Tits, <laughs> and Lolly. Now, are those their official names or your designated names? So these are my designated names. We also have twin tails off in the corner. Oh, okay, okay. That's that's actually good. You're uh, you're pulling a nice manga pulse. Which, by the way, they've been putting shit out. Yes, they they've, have. They've actually been doing work. My God. Yeah, he posted on Twitter. Oh, look, a show appeared. Oh well, I guess no one complained to them about me making fun of them because <laughs> I'm still <laughs> around and they haven't posted a fuck you red. 
No, not yet. Maybe they maybe they tell us off in one of the episodes, like Which somebody I haven't like listen to yet. I've got them on the iTunes, and I do plan to listen to them. Um, but like, I'm just maybe they actually did fire fire me. It's just like, all right, well you're fired, Red, but I just don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it would matter. I still keep doing the show. Unless like that, they were like serious about it. In which case, I'd be like, oh, okay, well. I guess I'll do my own thing. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get fired. I mean, like somebody really petty would have to fire someone who earns nothing and devotes a ton of time and money into the show. No, I was going to say somebody really petty would have to send them an email being like, you're the anime pools guys are making fun of you. Like they're total dicks. (laughs) Plus Tim and Walt have like the attitudes just like, Exactly as I said, they just be like, yeah, well, fuck those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm like, I, like, it's awful. I really look up to Tim and Waltall. I probably shouldn't because they're not like the best role models on the face of the planet. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> and Waltall aggravates me to no end sometimes because we'll get on argue, we'll get into arguments on Twitter. No, you don't say. I thought that was just him and uh, Blonde. No, and I wouldn't call those arguments, and I usually try to stay away from them where I can, but, um, like, you know, I was explaining, like, oh, if uh, there was a post explaining, like, oh, if you're straight, protect your gay friends, if you're um, cis, protect your trans friends, if you're white, protect your black friends, stuff like that. Use your privilege to do good things. Okay. And he was just like, you're basically saying that all these people are weak. And it's just like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's really fucking dangerous right now. And we're all really scared. And everyone should do their part. Yes. That's like the Barney song used to say. Everybody, everybody. <laughs> you shouldn't remember that, dude. <laughs> I don't remember it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you tell I really want to talk about this anime? No. Now I now I just got the "I Love You" song stuck in my head. I love <laughs> you. You love me. It's uh better than all the Christmas music that has been stuck in my head for like. Oh God! Twenty four hours. Started. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Calm down. Calm down. It's not even Thanksgiving. It's not December yet. Stop. Stop, Maul. Stop. I don't need to hear Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. Do you know how many different versions of Jingle Bells there are? Too many. Too many. It's like the sassy Jingle Bells. Like, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. And then it's just like, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. that is so true oh my god it's It's like wait a second i heard this song already you're just playing jingle bells over over again with fucking different people singing it yeah pretty much and that's all i fucking hear christmas or something oh no we get a whole variety of christmas music at work it's just a lot of the same songs over and over again yeah, it's just, it's too early. I mean, it was too early last year, too, but 
it's it's still too early this or last year. It's still too early this month. Yeah. Wait until December, and then you can start with the Christmas bullshit. Well, I'm working Black Friday, so pray for me. <laughs> or do whatever your equivalent is. Think of me in a general sense and be like, oh, Rio's probably getting like absolutely stomped on. Hope she's having fun. <laughs> Still haven't gotten your Christmas present from TC yet. Eventually, I'm just going to give up on him sending it to me, and I'm just going to send you mine. That would work out just fine. Yep. You get a snowball in the mail for Christmas. Ha-ha! Yay! Ironic. <laughs> it's a snowball. So yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I try. Okay, so... Back to that anime that I don't want to talk about. Yeah, we're doing um, what TC and Weltall do. Or TC, sorry. Uh, Tim and Tim Weltall. It's just like, we'll just talk about something else and people just like, fucking, just fucking get back to it. Just talk about the manga and get on with it. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're really fucking sorry about that. I'm, like, tragic. Um, so... Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm actually sorry, because if we're regressing into them, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm not too sorry. <laughs> um, so it's the first day of high school for Dits and everybody else. Okay. And so she gets there and she gets into her class and she uh, makes kind of a scene at breakfast, kind of being like, oh, my God, egg sandwiches for breakfast. Mom, you're the best. You make the best sandwiches in the whole world. I love you so much. And I'm just like, oh, oh, boy, here, here we go. Strap in. I'm just gagging on all the. uh sweetness <laughs> yeah so um she really fucking likes bread she eats a lot of fucking bread she's gonna get constipated yeah so you know how like in uh shokugeki no soma uh yeah, they like the the food gasms yes it's not as insane like, it's not as sexualized or whatever, but basically the same thing happens to her whenever she eats bread. So, like, she eats, like, a nice, like, like... A croissant. Like, yeah, or y- yokisoba or whatever it is, and it's just, like, she bites into it, and, like, her clothes just blast off, and she's like, I'm riding on the back of a camel through a desert! Thankfully, there are no... Um, insane uh, metaphors Im- uh, no to be had. No, it's just oh my god, this bread is so delicious! This bread is amazing! I fucking love bread! I'm gonna shove this loaf of bread up my ass! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she notices a girl with uh, some bread keychains on her bag, and she's like, oh my god, do you wanna be bread buddies? Oh boy! And is the girls like just buddies? like, is that like what? Butt buddies? No. <laughs> you want to be bread buddies so we can take take the butt and the bread and put them together? Yeah, I want to shove that baguette so far up my ass. And then it's... shove it into hers. Butt buddies. 
butt buddies. <laughs> yeah, so she's just like, do you want to go to a um, cafe or a bakery after school? And the girl's just like, um, okay. Like, she's clearly, like, kind of blown away by how forward this, by uh, how forward Ditz is. Forward or forceful? Both. <laughs> She's like, you want to be my friend, don't you? Yes, you do. You want to be my friend. Yes. And uh, then a uh, kind of gray-haired girl walks in, and she's got a bunch of bread. And is just like, oh, to commemorate you guys being bread buddies, here's some bread. And they're croissants. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, my God, bread. And she wakes up from her dream. No, and then she, like, takes the girl's hand and is just like, please go out with me. <laughs> and okay, I thought you were going to do something else with those hands. No, um, okay. and she's like, and I would, but, bread. you know, my, my, uh, my true love is glasses over here. And, like, grabs onto glasses' arm and is, like, nuzzling her head up and down her arm or whatever. She's just like, oh my god, you're being so embarrassing. This is an all-girls school? It seems like it. Uh, there's no male characters to speak of. That's because all the male characters are the, are the bread. It's the, that's why they have French baguettes. It's a euphemism for oh. Oh, You want a giant baguette in your pussy? <laughs> yes. I am French. Oui, oui. <laughs> Pepe la vue. I don't know any French, even though I'm part French. So there you go. There you go. Um, so that's the first fucking episode. And um, in the next episode, we meet Noah-chan. And she is a tiny lolly who is apparently 15. And her younger sister looks older than her. Of course she does. That's how it always goes. She has giant tits, too. No, they're not too big. But they're bigger than her older sisters? Yes. Of course, yeah, I could see that coming. Yeah, well, just in general, she looks like she could be, like, because this is, like, very moe, and so it's painful in that sense. Moe, moe, cune. Yes, um... And Noah carries around... Well, Lolly, anyways, carries around a uh, French baguette wherever she goes, and it's a weapon. And she will use it to defeat her enemies. And she's clearly delusional. Um, and then she eats her weapon in the afternoon. Of course she does. Thought you were going to do something else with that French baguette. <laughs> no, she looks like she's ten. Please don't. <laughs> this is illegal. <laughs> Um, yeah, so other episodes we have, we have the obligatory beach episode, we have the obligatory I'm overweight episode. Hot springs? No hot springs, just beach. Umi! Umi desk, we live on an island, but umi desk. Yeah. It's like, oh um, my god. Yeah. Eventually, Twin Tails shows up, and she runs a rival bakery. And uh, because Silverhair Girl, she uh, her family runs a bakery, 
And uh, they have a little club that's called Pondy Peace. And yeah, that's what the title came from. Yeah. Someday I want an anime where like one of the characters like Umi Death and then just gets like just like tackled out of nowhere by this like other person just starts punching him in the fucking face like what are you what are you saying hmm what you just and just like gets up and just like you live on a fucking island shut up and just walks away and then they never speak of it again because they never say umi des anymore because that it's fucking dumb you get it it's hilarious japan you live on an island and You'd never well, go not to the everywhere beach. is beachfront property. You literally would have to live in the middle of Japan to not be able to see the ocean. So, I feel like Japan is bigger than you think. Well, I mean, it, okay, you can live like closer to the coastline, but still, it's like you're an island. It's like if you went to Hawaii and been like, Umidas, look, it's an ocean. Yeah. And if you walk 10 feet the other way, it's the ocean too. What you want. Yeah, so... We got the beach episode, we got the... I'm overweight and let's try and lose weight. Oh no, but I can't because I love bread too much. Maybe it's all the constipation she's going through. She's just getting (laughs) stopped up. They have yeah. some medication for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, coffee. And um trying to figure out just what else the fu- what else the fuck happens. Alright, so Twin Tails. She meets uh Lolly and decides that she is gonna be her new best friend, even though um Silver Hair Girl is technically like her best friend or whatever. And takes care of her, and uh, but this so Twin Tails is just like, well, I can give you all the French baguettes that you want, and that's a euphemism for all the pussy she can give her. Yes, pussy. And uh, uh, uh oh yeah, tits, tits is the silver hair girl. Okay, so. Tits is just like, well, I can. I already give her all the French baguettes that she wants, so ha! And but they all end up becoming friends anyways, and yay! It becomes a a, a member of Pondy Peace, and they have a sleepover, and it's really cute, right? You're making it too easy for me, Rio. <laughs> <laughs> I can rip into this thing like ripping into a soft piece of melon bread. The sexual yep. puns will be everywhere. Yeah, so uh, that's the anime, and it gets a Netflix only because it was boring, and it was a waste of an hour, but it didn't offend me in any way. And here I was hoping you'd have something good to talk about. Why did yours... Not do that well either? Yeah. Yeah. Right, because you have JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Stardust Crusaders, Egyptian Ark. Woo woo, my god, I fucking hate JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Now, I liked the first season. I did. But I did not like the second season. It was dumb. 
It okay. Just, it defeated the purpose. Like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure was like martial arts and learning like the har the harmon and fighting vampires with like magical sun mystic powers and stuff, and that was kind of cool. Especially like they would train their bodies and like get stronger and fight with like karate and stuff, and all these different moves and and weapons. No, no, all Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is is just like my persona is more powerful than your persona. Fight. It's yeah, dumb. that's kind of a cop-out. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, second season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure showed that what a disappointing turn a series that I really enjoy could take. The Egyptian arc changes nothing and continues that trend of silly and stupid that the second season started, crushing any hopes that I had that the series could redeem itself. Last we left off, the Jojo gang were trying to make their way to Egypt to fight Dio, but were continually interrupted by various enemies Dio had sent to delay their progress. We thought it was over, that this enemy of the week had finally come to a close, and we get some real action. But instead, we get another handful of stupid enemies to deal with, and a brand new member, a dog named Izzy, or Iggy, Iggy, whose stand is a sand, is sand, um, who only added to the stupidity of it all. But first, let's cover the enemies. Instead of tarot card enemies from the last season, personas, now we have Egyptian gods. Oh, because we have to bring in... Uh, mythology into this. Well, I mean, mythology was kind of already mixed in with like the personas, but in the tarot cards, but Dio's Egyptian dogs as or gods, <laughs> Egyptian dogs. Egyptian uh, dogs. Yeah, they are his top dogs, I guess you could say. I mean, starting out, we meet a blind man who's stand, by the way, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is a stand? Stand are their personas. They're their magical, mystical powers they can summon is a hand made of water. Um, okay. Before his death, he blinds uh, Kakyoin, removing the student from action for 80% of the series. Afterwards, we meet two brothers, one who can predict the future and the other one who can change his appearance, although they actually easily defeat themselves in a series of stupid stunts before they can actually hurt anyone. Then, a living sword that can take over the mind of anyone that touches it. It nearly became a threat, but was tricked by Jotaro and tossed into the river. Then came two more who attacked a different part of the group, a woman whose stand is a electrical outlet that magnetizes anyone who touches it, and a man whose stand is his shadow that regresses the age of anyone who touches it. Socket Girl made for the funniest moment in the series, and Shadow Guy got Polonaref, Polonaref, the French dude, I'll say that. Lucky with a strange woman. Oh. Yeah. Basically, it's like he regressed him back to like a child, but, you know, he still had the mind of the old, of the, of the middle-aged Frenchman he was. And so like this, you know, exotic woman came and took him in because she's like, oh my goodness, a lone child, yes, come live with me. And like, all of a sudden she's getting naked with him and he's like, what the fuck is going on? She's just like, 
well, you have to bathe and you're too young and stuff. And, and he's just like, I'm getting a child boner. This isn't right. This and, is really uncomfortable. But uh, yeah, it was uncomfortable in his pants. Until he took him off and had a bath with her. And then she got regressed into a tiny baby. And he was like, now it's not any cool. But don't worry, she she got fixed. Of course, both were defeated, though I really felt bad for Socket Girl since she was kind of hot. So, and the way they defeat her is kind of messed up. Like, um, two guys trick her into, like, getting in between them, and then they, like, let go of what they were holding. And so they, like, launch at each other, and they're magnetized, so they smash together, and they're already, like, like cling or a lot of like metallic shits already clinging to them so she gets smashed between these two giant metallic mounds and she's just like they break every bone in her body and she just passes out from pain and so it's just like oh she was hot though damn it yeah after that mess came the biggest threat yet and there wasn't even a single punch thrown it was a gambling man whose stand steals a soul of anyone loses it he entices the gang by saying he will tell them where Dio is, thus forcing them to play by his rules. He almost defeats the entire group until Jotaro, again, tricks him into losing his damn mind by basically using his super speed of his stand to trick the, uh, the, uh, um, trick him into thinking that he was actually going to start losing. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, the newest member of the team has his own fight, the dog, against a bird, whose stand is a weird ice creature. He loses a paw in the process, but does defeat his enemy. And finally, at long last, <coughs> we reach Dio's mansion, where the gang is once again split up. A few encounter the brother of the gambler, whose stand is basically a clone of his brother's. And the rest meet a guy whose stand sends anything it touches to a zero dimension. The, the gambler, shadow realm. Yeah, basically. The gambler's brother loses to Jotaro's tricks. Though zero dimension guy kills both Avidol and Iggy before he killed himself. Um, and at long last, the remainder of the group faces off against Dio, whose stand is called the world of... Or... The world, as you like to say it. My throat's a little dry, and the water's not helping. <laughs> At first, the guys can't figure out what his powers is until Kakuin tests Dio, and with his dying breath, shows the rest what the power is. Time stop. Dio basically decimates everyone with this power before finally facing off against Jotaro. Suddenly, shit gets fucking dumb. And everything turns into Dragon Ball Z as Jotaro and Dio fly through the sky like some damn Super Saiyans. Then out of nowhere, Jotaro gets Dio's power of time stop and immediately destroys Dio with one punch. Jotaro and Joseph then deal with Dio's body because he's a vampire. He can't be killed just like that. So he shove him out in the sun. Holly, Jotaro's mother, finally wakes up feeling completely fine. And Paul Renef, French dude, returns to France. Unlike the previous seasons, there was no hinting at a future one, which was fine by me, since, from what I read, the stand powers continue to replace some of the awesome action the first series had. 
Now, there, of course, as you may know, a fourth season has come out, but I'm not watching it. I'm done with the series. It will never be good as the first season was. Not the OP, not the characters, not the action, not the story. This is probably the biggest letdown a series has ever given me, though I doubt it will be the last. Uh, animation, as with the previous season, David Production was behind this. Studio has done works like Bento, Inu X Boku SS, and uh, Restaurante Paradiso. They are great at following the artistic styles found in the manga, Jotaro's being uh, one of them. If there was one complaint I don't have about the season, it was the animation. Voice acting was about the same as the previous season, and I did not have a favorite character. The season completely ruined anyone I liked from the previous, including Joseph Joestar, whose power is basically useless now. Sad face. So I'm going to be giving JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders, Egyptian Arc, a low Netflix. I can't give it a burn it because it wasn't exactly that, but it definitely gets a Netflix, a really low one. All right. Well, I guess that wraps things up for us. Indeed. I believe that does. All right, well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Anime Pulse. And until next time, as always, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong. So, so, so